that last stanza. Oh, let a long-expected day begin. Dawn on these realms of woe and sin. Break morn of God upon our eyes and let the world's true sun arise. It's talking about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ when all days will become one eternal and glorious Sabbath unto our Lord. We have begun the book of beginnings, uh, the book of Genesis. We, this morning, are beginning chapter 2. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God rested from His work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all the work He had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all His work that He had done in creation. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, as we come to You on this uh, Sabbath day, yet uh, the first day of the week, we do so in Jesus' name because the entire Sabbath day has be, been reoriented around Him and His glorious resurrection. And because He rose from the dead, we know that He is coming back for His church. And so we cry out, Come Lord Jesus, come quickly. And we long to live in Your presence this day and forevermore. Amen. My oldest daughter, Rachel, is at Covenant College. For those of you who might not know, uh, Covenant College is our denominational college. Uh, it's where I went as well. And when she started college, I was very interested. What was she eating on Sundays. In fact, I, I closely questioned her about this, and I was beside myself because of what she had told me. She told me basically that Sunday meals were just about like every other day, only better. Well, I just I had a hard time believing this at first. See, when I was at Covenant College, on Sunday mornings, when we went down to breakfast in the Great Hall, all we had was cereal. And when we got back from church, all we had were bread and cold cuts that were laid out for us uh, so that we could make sandwiches. And pretty much that was what we had for dinner as well, only the bread was a little bit more stale. And I knew at the time that Covenant College was going to change their attitude toward meals on Sundays. In fact, I'm glad they did. Um, Sunday is the Lord's Day. It is the day of the week that we especially celebrate our Lord's glorious resurrection from the dead. Eating cereal and uh, stale sam sandwiches seems just a bit inconsistent with the joy that is ours on the Lord's Day. Now, the reason Covenant College served us cereal and served us cold cuts uh, on Sundays was to, pre to prevent the, the kitchen workers from doing any unnecessary work on the Lord's Day. 
And this is in keeping with the command to do no work on the Sabbath. And this may strike many of you as a very devout way to obey the Sabbath. But obeying the Sabbath is not essentially about what you can or cannot do on Sunday. In fact, it is so possible to be so concerned about what cannot be done on the Sabbath that we might miss the joy, the freedom, the refreshment that the Sabbath day is designed to give us. Now, um, I know that some of you are uh, pretty theologically trained, and so I'm going to make a couple of statements because I know if I don't make them now, you'll be at the back doors waiting on me um, with your questions. You still may be at the back door, and that's fine. Uh, So I'll simply say I hold to a Puritan view of the Sabbath rather than a continental view. And essentially what I'm saying there is I believe that there is a Sabbath day. Um, That not every day is to be considered the Sabbath day, but there is um, a, a Sabbath day. And so secondly, because of that, I also, and this is going to be hard for some of you to hear, uh, I reject Calvin's view of the Sabbath. Um Yeah, I heard the moan somewhere up there in the balcony. If this is an important question for you, I I forgot to bring in my book that I was... uh, But you may borrow it. It's called Calvin and the Sabbath by uh, Richard Gaffin. If I may, Dr. Gaffin makes the inconsistencies of Calvin's view so clear that I think had Calvin read Dr. Gaffin's book on Calvin and the Sabbath, I think he would have agreed with Dr. Gaffin. So um, I have that book. I meant to bring it with me this morning. Uh, If this is a concern for you, I'd love to loan it to you. Um, It's a a fairly easy read, Um, about 150 pages. So for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, or I'm simply saying that I believe that the Sabbath day is rooted in God's creation. Therefore, keeping the Sabbath is not something that was just for Jewish people. Rather, it is part of what it means to be a human being because this is part of God's creation ordinance. Uh, And therefore, it remains in force for us today. I believe that the Sabbath day is a day of physical rest. This is what we read here in our passage. Uh, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished His work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all the work that He had done. So God blessed the seventh day, and He made it holy, because on it God rested from all His work that He had done in creation. We can move on through the Scriptures, look at Exodus chapter 16 for more information about the Sabbath. We could look at Genesis 20 and uh, how it is rooted in the Ten Commandments. Uh, It's the fourth commandment of the ten. The ten commandments are restated in Deuteronomy chapter um, 5. Again, um, we can learn more about that. We can move into the New Testament. Uh, We don't have time to do all that this morning. I simply want to stress here at the beginning of the sermon, sermon that there is a Sabbath day, that it is part of God's original creation. 
and that part of observing the Sabbath is observing it as a day of rest. In fact, this is something that our society badly needs. Uh, Our bodies need more rest than our society typically gives us. Study after study says that we are overworked, we are sleep deprived, that we are generally too busy as a society. And when we're rushing around from activity, uh, one activity to the next, uh, trying to get ahead in life, trying to get to gain satisfaction and, and, and peace from obtaining more stuff, well, this type of lifestyle comes from the sinful nature. It takes our eyes off of what is important. God knew that that would be part of who we are that we would easily take our eyes off of Him. And so He wanted to, from the very beginning of creation, build into our society a day where we recalibrate, a day where we just stop what we're doing and remember the Lord and place our, our, um, our sights back on Him again. Of course we are to have our our eyes on Christ always. We are to always live under His His rule and authority. But when the hustle and bustle of the week uh, starts, it's so easy to look at the things of this world. And so God gave us a Sabbath day where we are especially to stop looking, to stop moving, to stop working, and place our eyes again on the Lord. Um, Therefore, God has given us this Sabbath day of rest. I embrace the Sabbath. In fact, my body shuts down on Sunday afternoons. Um, When I I first came to Westminster, um, those of you who are on the the Christian Education Committee will will remember that you'd meet on Sunday afternoons, and I would meet there along with you. And you can probably remember what I was doing during those meetings. I was sleeping at the table while everybody else was meeting. And I didn't feel guilty or ashamed because I was obeying the Sabbath. Um, I take a nap nearly every Sunday afternoon. In fact, you may not be able to believe it, I even slept through part of the NFC Championship game last week. While the Falcons were playing, I went to sleep during halftime. I woke up midway through the third quarter. At least I woke up the Falcons' offense. I think they took a nap at halftime and didn't wake up to the rest for the rest of the game. But um, I am committed to my Sunday afternoons naps um, because it refreshes me. I always take a book home or take my Bible home, and I make it through maybe a paragraph or something, and then I'm gone. Um, now, here's where I feel at odds sometimes with myself. I also believe the Sabbath should be refreshing for the soul. So I don't slavishly keep my family at home with the television off. Sometimes we go out to eat. Um, my family is very busy Monday through Saturday. Uh, sometimes we are not even able to have a meal together during the week. Um, So sometimes we'll go out for a relaxing meal out. Sometimes uh, we'll go to Sam's Club. There's some way, somehow, I don't know how, but this seems to refresh my wife. So I go out with her. 
Other times we go straight home and we eat a family dinner. But my goal is for the Sabbath day to be refreshing for our family. And our Sundays are always very different than any other day of the week, even though we may go out to eat uh, from time to time or may you know, go to Sam's or may go home and, and have a meal together. Uh, they still are generally focused around our family. Uh, there's a general focus around the Lord. Um, I know that I'm stepping out of the normal bounds of how we think when we think of keeping the Sabbath. But I'm eager for my family uh, and myself to experience the joy, the freedom, the rest, the refreshment, and the celebration that should accompany the Sabbath. Um, and try and make it uh, restful. William Barclay, uh, the commentator, said, Man was not created to be the victim and slave of the Sabbath rules and regulations, which were in the beginning created to make life fuller and better for man. The Sabbath day is a day of physical rest. It is also a picture of spiritual rest. Uh, the Sabbath day um, here in our text talks about um, God's rest. As it says that He finished His work, He rested on the seventh day from all the work He had done. God did not need the rest as if He was tired after creating the universe in six days. God is infinitely powerful. And the power He exerted in creating the world, we could compare to a raindrop in the ocean. Uh, his power is like all the combined um, water of all the oceans on the earth. And the power needed that He needed, that He exerted, to create the world compared with His infinite power would be less than a raindrop of mist in the ocean. He didn't need six days to create the universe. He did not need to rest on the seventh day. And I think what's happening here is that God rested on that seventh day to teach us about the rest that we would need, not only physically, but also spiritually. <clears throat> See, after the fall, um, after the fall of mankind, God used the Sabbath day to teach mankind to rest from their, from their trying to justify themselves. I'm sure you know, you know people, you may even have family members who are so eager to make themselves right before God or to make themselves right before each other, to, to try and alleviate their guilt by doing all these, these works. And God says, that is not how you get rid of your guilt. That is not how you make yourself righteous. The way that you obtain righteousness is only through Jesus Christ, the righteous one who came and lived a perfectly obedient life, who died a, a, an all-powerful death. 
and we trust ourselves to Him. In so doing, we rest from our own efforts to justify ourselves. And when we rest in Him, we are made righteous. When we rest in Him, we receive rest for our souls. The writer of Hebrews, uh, in the passage we had just read uh, in our responsive reading, talks about this rest. He's imploring his readers to stop rebelling against God like the Israelites were rebelling against God. They were working hard in their rebellion. And it would have probably made more sense in reading that passage to say that the writer of Hebrews is interacting not simply with uh, Genesis chapter 2, but he's, he's really interacting with Psalm 95 where the psalmist is saying, Stop being unbelieving and trust yourself to God. The Israelites um, continually rebelled against God in the wilderness and they did not enter into God's promised rest. They did not enter into the promised land. It was the next generation. So the writer of Hebrews is imploring his readers, don't act like those Israelites. Stop rebelling in God and simply rest in Him alone. Are you resting in Christ alone this morning? Christ makes His appeal to us to trust Him in terms of the Sabbath rest. You know the passage in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, Come to Me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn from Me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For My yoke is easy and My burden is light. Jesus says the only way that your soul can find true rest is to find that rest in Him alone. The Sabbath is not only uh, teaches us about the physical rest that we need uh, and the spiritual rest we need, the Sabbath day is also a foretaste of the heavenly rest. The writer of Hebrews again uh, mentions this. Uh, we read it in our responsive reading. And I thought it would be helpful to read it real quickly from Hebrews 4, 8 through 11. He says, For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not... And this is Joshua in terms of them entering into the, the promised land. He says, If Joshua, when he led the Israelites into the promised land, if he had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. The Sabbath day is an encouragement for us to trust in God and it is a, an encouragement for us to, to yearn for the heavenly rest that is ours in Jesus Christ. The Sabbath day is incited or is intended to incite our desires for the final heavenly rest that we will enjoy for the rest of eternity. That is why we worship God 
on the Sabbath day. We stir our hearts towards God. Our worship services strive to be exclusively God-centered because we want our thoughts, we want our desires, we want the direction and bent of our lives to be straining towards God, to be straining toward that heavenly rest that we will enjoy in His presence for all eternity. The Hebrews, as they were out in the wilderness, they were encouraged to look toward the physical uh, rest in in the promised land. But that promise of rest pointed beyond the physical land of Israel. It pointed beyond the land of Palestine, far beyond. It points to the eternal rest that God gives us in Jesus Christ. And this eternal rest that God provides for us is based, ironically, on the work of God. Christ rose from the dead on the first day of the week, on that glorious Easter Sunday. That was the... That was the the greatest exertion of power in all the universe that has ever been. God raised Christ from the dead. Christ Himself raised Himself from the dead. And now, the whole Sabbath day is oriented around the finished work of Jesus Christ. In fact, His resurrection was so important that it changed the entire day in which we celebrate the Sabbath. We celebrate the Sabbath not on the, on the seventh day of the week, but on the first day of the week. We have no Scripture and verse that specifies this change, but we have plenty of evidence that points us in this direction. Uh, Revelation 1.10, uh, the Apostle John says, On the Lord's day I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud uh, voice of a trumpet. We ask, well, what is the Lord's day? We find out from our very early church history that this was the day that the Lord rose from the dead, the first day of the week. And so we find in Acts chapter 20, on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. This is shorthand for we came together to worship God. Paul spoke to the people, in other words, he preached. And because he intended to leave the next day, he kept on talking till midnight. That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Uh, It gives me the permission if I'm going out of town, to preach extra long. Um, No one's laughing. Uh, I guess you think I might be serious about that. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 and 2. Now about the collection for God's people. This is God, I mean, Paul instructing the people. Now about the collection for God's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. And so we have these hints. Gather together in worship on the first day of the week. Gather together and collect and, 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 and have your collections of, of money uh, on the first day of the week. In other words... Very early on, even though we don't have a specific verse that says change uh, Saturday, uh, change the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday, we have these pictures, or we have these these uh, almost offhanded instructions because it was already assumed in the early church that it was the first day of the week. In fact, church history bears this out. 
from the resurrection of Christ. The first Christian worship service was on Pentecost. What day of the week was it on? The first day of the week, from early on. Um, and so we we uh, honor the Lord uh, and 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 uh, hold to to the Sabbath on the first day of the week. It is the Lord's day. Uh, as I move toward a conclusion, I would like for you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter two. Because this, I think, is very helpful for how we view the Sabbath. Mark chapter 2, verse 23 through chapter 3, verse 6. On, I'm sorry, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, His disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to Him, Look, why are they doing this, or doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was in need, and he was hungry? And he... He and those who were with him, how he entered into the house of God in the time of Abathar the high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And then chapter 3, I'll read it in one second, but I want to deal with this passage first. But there are these two incidences here at the end of chapter 2 in Mark Mark 2 and then at the beginning of chapter 3 that are related to the Sabbath. And in both incidences, the, uh, or both instances, the Pharisees are watching Jesus so that they can uh, accuse Him. And so they saw Jesus and as Jesus is moving along with His disciples on the Sabbath day, they walk along and are picking, picking some heads of grain for them to eat. And um, th- this was entirely legitimate. Uh, Deuteronomy 23 talks about this. However, uh, this was... Um, he, he refers back to David... Uh, Instead of going to Deuteronomy 23, he goes to David and how David ate the bread that was reserved specifically for the priest. And um, the Pharisee, and and he, he brings this up to the Pharisees in order to tell them the Sabbath was not... Um... A man was not made for the Sabbath, but rather the Sabbath was made for man. See, the Pharisees had determined 39 main categories of work that was absolutely forbidden on the Sabbath day. And number three on their list was reaping on the Sabbath day. And so here, um, uh, Jesus and His disciples are reaping by picking these little heads of grain and eating them as they are walking along. Jesus is making the point here in chapter 2, verses 23 through 28, that the Pharisees have made the Sabbath laws more stringent than Scripture, and thus they have exceeded the intention of the law regarding the Sabbath. And he concludes that the Pharisees have misunderstood the central intention of the Sabbath, which is that the Sabbath was made for man. God gave us the Sabbath for resting our bodies, for worshiping Him, for refreshing our souls. Well then, after this, Jesus goes from there 
into the synagogue. Um, it says in chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, And again he, uh, Jesus entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand, and they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. See, the Pharisees believed that one of their other prohibitions was um, medical care could only be given on a Sabbath day if a life was in immediate danger. Well, a broken arm, uh, that could not be treated on the Sabbath day. Certainly this man with a withered hand had a withered hand the day before. The day before that and the day before that, he could certainly live until tomorrow. And I love what Jesus does here. He goes back into the synagogue where he knows he is going to face this scrutiny and opposition. And then he called this man with the withered hand to come up and, uh, and stand right in front of him. And in so doing, he was challenging the, the Pharisees. So verse 4, he said to the Pharisees, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to harm, to save life or to kill? And then he healed this man right in front of the Pharisees. When we talk about obeying the Sabbath day, one of the greatest ways that you can obey God uh, or honor the Sabbath is to go to work in helping another person. There's a great deal more to religion than Sunday observance. If a person believes um, he or she is a Christian just because they abstain from work or abstain from pleasure, on Sunday and then come to church, um, well, that would make being a Christian a very easy thing. But when a person forgets about the love and mercy that are at the heart of Christianity, they are substituting religious performance for reality. That's what the Pharisees had done. They were there in church, but they were so focused on the externals that they had forgotten about the love and the mercy that God um, intends for us to give. You know the commandments, the greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. William Barclay said, If ever the performance of man's religion stops him from helping someone who is in need, his religion is not religion at all. Persons are far more important than ritual. The best way to worship God is to help men. On the Sabbath day, um, that is one of the ways that we worship God. Um, to find out how you can help someone else. I would encourage you, uh, families. I would encourage you, couples. Um, set aside a Sunday each month to go to the nursing home uh, and visit. Um, find someone who is in need of mercy that you can give them mercy. This is one way 
that we are to um, to obey the Sabbath. And it doesn't necessarily need to be on a Sunday afternoon if Sundays don't work for you, but I, I think it's all the better if you can on a Sunday afternoon. Um, honor, honor the Lord on the Sabbath. Finally, the Sabbath is a gift from God to us. The Sabbath is special because God loves us. Our Sabbath observance is not simply an empty ritual. You know what's empty? What the world experiences every Sunday uh, when they don't come to church and worship God, when they don't slow down and and, uh, take their eyes off the world and, and focus on the Lord. In fact, their their life ends up being a chasing after the wind. Purposeless. If God is not at the center of the purpose. For, at best for them, it's a day off from work. Um, and yet, I bet there are many who feel sorry for us coming here to church, wasting our Sunday. Um, when in reality, I think I would feel more sorry for them. Their Sunday is ultimately empty. I would say so is their lives. Jesus loves us so much that He gave us a Sabbath day. He loves us so much that He rose from the dead. He loves us so much that He wants us to spend an everlasting Sabbath in His presence, enjoying Him forever and ever. He loves us so much that He gave us a Sabbath. Let's enjoy this day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad and worship Him. Let us enjoy our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank You that You did all the work that we could never have done in order that we might enter into a rest that only You could give us. Father, I pray that everyone here under the sound of my voice would enter into the um, believing, trustful rest that um, that uh, is ours in Jesus Christ. God, I pray that if there are any who are waiting for tomorrow to enter into that rest, that they would heed Your Word and in uh, Psalm 95 and Hebrews chapter 4, that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that we enter into Your promised rest. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.